Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. Well, we have a great show for you today, and if you're driving in your car, I hope you can write, listen, and drive all at the same time, because this is going to be interactive, so we can truly apply some of the principles that we will be discussing So actually, not really. Please don't multitask if you are driving. Uh, But we have an amazing guest on our show. I say we. It's actually just me because Lisa is off bringing peace to the world. And we'll let her um, tell you all about that in a later show. But today, we are going to unpack uh, how so many times women feel trapped in the everyday drudgery and disappointment Sometimes we have these dual domestic duties and jobs that don't offer fulfillment, and the mundane, just day-in, day-out life seems like a far cry from the abundant, purposeful life that we envisioned as Christians, and sometimes we just want to jump out of our skin because we want to do these amazing things that we feel like God has gifted us with these skills and talents to bring into the world, but um, instead we just get so caught up and life is so daily. But before we get too far into our show, you are listening to Girlfriend at Radio with Patty Wyatt and um, not Lisa Dern again today. And we want to rally you to do the remarkable through resources and relationships. And one of the resources for today will be the book called Sacred Mundane, How to Find Freedom, Purpose, and Joy. And we have author and blogger Kari Patterson with us today. And she is so passionate on helping women find that freedom and that purpose and joy in the life that that you're living right now. So I just want to welcome Kari. How are you today? Great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yes, I'm so excited to have you. And you are totally talking up um, our our alley here on this book that, that you wrote. And I feel that, um, and I and I want to ask you, like, what was your passion? What happened? How did God talk to you to go, all right, Kari, this is it. This is the book I want you to write because I I do feel like this is such a much needed book that you're you're putting into our hands simply because you do you talk to so many women that they they're excited, they're on fire for Christ, and yet you just get caught up in this apathy. So. Tell us about your journey. How did God come along and, and give you this calling? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I. it all began, um, I was, it was just right after college and had sort of a change of plans, and I ended up in full-time ministry. I was, like you said, i kind of using air quotes, but on fire for God, and I was excited to, you know, go on the mission field, and I was leading these gospel dramas, and all these people were coming to Christ. I was so excited to do all these things and be involved in the mission of God, you know. And But it also turned out to be a season of incredible disappointment and pain and mundanity. And so a lot of my 
my ministry was, as you can imagine, uh, taking out the trash at church. It was <laughs> cleaning the bathrooms after the service. My husband and I still love to joke that I cleaned the men's bathroom for years uh, after church and spending time discipling people. But as you know, many of those people are, are people that irritate you and annoy you with <laughs> drinking yes. high and they call you at all hours of the night and I was having conflicts and the man that I thought I was supposed to marry who I loved did not love me at that point. Mm. So I had a series of heartbreaks and disappointments and really just going, how does this glorify you, God? How does Mm. taking out the trash and living with this roommate and heartache and pain and disappointment, how is this the exciting ministry life that you've called me to? And I remember one morning sitting on my bed, and I'm very much a sort of slow and steady wins the race. This sort of my, I'm sort of a plotter. Mm. I'm, I'm not real spectacular or anything, but I can do the same thing every day for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I, I got up and I prayed that God would, would speak to me and I opened up my Bible and I just read through the Bible every year. And so I happened to be in Leviticus of all books. Fun. Fun, fun, <laughs> fun. Yeah. Great. You know, we've got, let's see, leprous uh, skin eruptions and swarming <laughs> insects. And, and so I started reading and I turned to Leviticus 6, and there was this one passage, and specifically one verse, that said, the fire on the altar must always be kept burning. And it was like, you know those moments where you're reading, and the words just lift from the page? Mm-hmm. So clearly, I understood in that moment that our lives, we know through Hebrews, we know that our lives are a living sacrifice, and that we are always offering a sacrifice to God. And I saw that the same way that the fire on the altar must always be kept burning in the Old Testament, our lives must always be an offering of of worship, of sacrifice up to God. And so that means that everything, not just the mountain high opportunities, but that means that the taking out the trash, the scrubbing the toilet, the the conflict with people. It means that all of those moments are an opportunity to offer up those things as worship to God. And so I remember sitting there and looking at, you know, my ordinary apartment bedroom and thinking, okay, all of my life is sacrifice material. It's material for a sacrifice. And I sat down, and um, I do remember so clearly, I believe, God whispering to my heart the words, sacred mundane. And somehow in that moment, I sensed that that would be sort of the manifesto of my days, right? So that that was going to be what would focus my entire life was helping women, because I knew, I, I'm not alone in this, right? This must... I'm not absolutely mm-hmm. so this is somewhat <laughs> normal, and so I thought, okay, my life purpose is going to be seeing and knowing and interacting and loving God in the ordinary mundane of my life, so that was oh seventeen, eighteen years ago, and so mm. uh, that's been sort of where 
the journey began and you know hearing from you and other women helps me go okay I think we're I think we're kind of all on this journey because mm-hmm. we all have the mundane mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well you know first of all just you're um, you're just so real and so transparent and um, being able to truly hear your heart because I think so many times uh, as women we see you know people like you who you, you've you've hit your dream. You've you've written your book. You are out there with you know your your master's degree and you're the pastor's wife and you're speaking to thousands of women worldwide. And you know you're doing these events and we hear you talking about well wait you had to take out the trash and you had to clean bathrooms and urinals and <laughs> be with be with people like you said you know sometimes. It's the unlovable, and God has asked us to to be there with the unlovable. But then, when you're in that moment, you're just going, "Okay, really, God, I I want to minister to that person, and I want to, you know, stand up in front of thousands and speak to them, and have this, you know." And I think, especially with social media and watching everybody in their highlights, and uh, it, I think it magnifies it even. That oh wow you know Curry you know she cleaned <laughs> she cleaned stalls and she took out trash and yep. being faithful in those little things like God asked us to do and you know, we we only have a minute that we're going into our commercial break but when we come back I w- I want to talk about that because we do so many times we you know your your book is very inspiring it's motivating and. And so many times we we look at that part of it rather than going, but it takes all of this. You know, we always say, you know, let God just lead you. You have this purpose here. Lead with your talents and your gifts. And it's like, well, some of that is doing the mundane. And so I I love that, the sacred mundane. But we are going to take a a break here. And when we come back, we're going to jump right back into um, the the sacred mundane. So stay with us. This is Girlfriended on Togginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriended. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. My husband and I were in youth ministry and knew nothing about church planning. But as we felt God leading us to start a new church, we were connected with Stadia. They gave us coaching and personal care, giving us the confidence that we needed. They even have a ministry called Bloom that's designed to support me as a lead planner spouse. We now lead a church in Cleveland, Ohio that's transforming lives, and we couldn't have done it without Stadia. Stadia plants churches that intentionally care for children. We won't stop until every child has a church. For more information, go to stadia.cc. It's words you never heard. One of my favorite books is called Forgotten English by author Jeffrey Kaser, who looks at the origins and histories of the language. 
For example, take the term "fritterbone." That's an old English expression, probably borrowed from German, that means fleeting weeks, and refers to what we call a honeymoon. A fribbler is a guy who doesn't ever make it to the honeymoon. The word fribbler comes from the 18th century and refers to a man who is in love with a woman but just won't commit to marriage. Chaucer coined the term pigasnia, which comes from the phrase pig's eye to mean sweetheart. Hey guys, why don't you try that one and your girlfriend and see how it goes? It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Word. If you could live your life truly standing in a place of peace, joy, and abundance, wouldn't that make your heart soar? Now you can with lessons in joyful living with your host Kimberly Rinaldi, Mondays at noon Central. Kimberly Rinaldi, having created a highly successful coaching practice, now teaches lessons in joyful living. She believes in empowering others and that through it, you have the ability to break through any and all barriers, thus allowing you to reach your greatest potential and joyfully step into your life's purpose. What used to take weeks, months, or even years, she can now teach you in a matter of hours with her programs. For more on Kim and her show, go to her website, KimberlyRinaldi.com. That's R-I-N-A-L-D-I.com. Then join us for Lessons in Joyful Living with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Welcome back. We have author Kari Patterson on our show today, whose life aim is to please God. And she, as we talked about, she has a master's degree in pastoral studies from Multnomah Seminary and reaches thousands of women worldwide through speaking events and also her popular blog, which I hope you run to that right now, called Sacred Mundane. And Kari is a pastor's wife, also a homeschool mom a Bible teacher, a mentor, and just passionately seeking um, the truth. She and her husband, Jeff, they have two children, and they um, are at a community church called Renew Church in Beaver Creek, Oregon, which, Kari, I have to tell you, my son, um, he's, he's the beginning, and my oldest child of me slowly moving into the empty nester role, and he just moved to Oregon. So it's oh. been a huge... Yes, it's craziness. He lives, um, I'm trying to think of the exact Hillsboro. Oh, yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, right. So, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So, and That's then great. Lisa, her son is also moving to Portland, Oregon, and is just starting a, a church there as well. Oh, my goodness. So, awesome. We need it. So, <sighs> yeah. So he's a senior pastor there. So she's um, she's saying her goodbyes to five grandkids, and um, 
this is just a crazy time in her life right now. So both of us are having our our oldest son, our firstborn, talking about giving up those sacrifices. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) Fire on the altar. Um, Yeah. So it's it's funny. We we sit there and spiral around in our in our grief of. uh, I like how she says it's the kind of like the. The death of a dream, because you, you yeah. picture this life where you're going to be yeah. pretty close to your kids, and, yeah. you know, it's okay if they grow up in your backyard. Right, right. <laughs> Have the kids in your backyard. So that's kind of uh, the season of life that we're in, talking wow. about the sacred mundane, because yeah. it, it, God doesn't always um, answer the prayers that, that you're it's just done differently, and we yeah. have to have to figure that out. Um, I think it's interesting what you were talking about, though, in going through that that season of your life and how so many times I think it's just encouraging to the listeners that some of those seasons where it it is the mundane to really see the purpose of being faithful in those small things, that it's kind of like you're in your land in between before God gave the Israelites their promised land. And I like to look at it that way. Not like everything is going to be this this outburst. Um, I, I was just saying to my daughter the other day, we were talking about, you know, as believers, sometimes it's just being faithful. We think we're going to have these amazing, great stories, and you hear these testimonies. And I remember thinking that way where, like I, I love, I'm very intrigued with the, the beginning of your book when you, your opening, um, for those of you that haven't read it yet, the spoiler, uh, spoiler alert, <laughs> that you <laughs> ask the reader to grab a pencil. And, yeah. and I, I like that. I'm a, a corporate trainer, and so many times you, you go and you speak and you, you know, fire people up, but you're not following through with the application. Yeah. And making it applicable is so significant. And so many times we read a book, and as we're reading it, we're like, yes, yes, yes. And then literally the next day, we're not applying it. I love that you're saying, grab a pencil. And and the the fact that you are intentional with the pencil because you can erase it. Yes. And and then, so I I want our, our listeners out there to do that right now. As a matter of fact, just follow what you have in your book, that grab a pencil. And the very beginning that you just say, write down who you are. Like if you're, yeah. if your life, if you had to put it in a sentence, yeah. what would it say? And, and maybe a sentence is too much. So even if you could put one word, yeah. you know, what, what would someone say about you to describe yeah. you? What's that adjective that yeah. would be there? And later on in the show, let's go back to that and even talk about a few more of that. Like, you know, who had an impact on you? Where, where was there a defining moment? And I'm, I'm going full circle here because when I was talking to my daughter, and like I said, uh, so many times people say, oh, there's this defining moment, this Damascus yeah. moment, like when Saul becomes Paul and, and the yeah. scales fall from his eyes. And I remember getting baptized. And thinking that, going, this is going to be a defining moment in my yeah. life. This is where I'm sharing with everyone, all to the world, that I love Jesus and I'm going to be obedient. And I remember, you know, wearing the white robe and I was just mortified because I thought people are going to see that I have a chest. And at that, I was such a tomboy that yeah. I was one of those that would like literally, you know, wear baggy shirts and strap yeah. down your chest so people couldn't see that. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> and I just remember thinking, getting out of the water, going, pull it away from my chest. Pull it away. Yeah. <laughs> totally. And, and that is my defining moment when I look yeah. back. And, you know, the, ga- the gates of heaven didn't open up wide. Right. I was just <laughs> horrified that this was happening. And so, so many times we, going back to, you know, the last segment, where we see all this on social media and, and we expect these amazing things and these defining moments. And sometimes you have to find those defining moments in those little things. And I love that you're reading Leviticus. And that's where, like you said, God, just the words came at you on the fire on the altar and living that sacrifice, you know, always an offering. And I I have one more thing and I want to get, I have another question. I just remember Lisa and I, we were in the the midst of, of doing um, ministry and going around and speaking and doing these events, and we were so excited. And we thought, I wish there was a way to to celebrate with before you, you know, these sacrifices that you were able to give to God. And and we laughed because we were like, I think we need to eat a cupcake, and that will be our way of sacrifice. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, our celebratory moment. That's our offering. Absolutely. <laughs> That kind of became our gig. Like, okay, we're going to do our our little sacrificial moment here. This is our offering to God as we, you know, go face down into frosting. But um, let's go back to that. Then at what point did you, you said you just had that that whisper of sacred mundane. And then how did you keep flowing from there? Yeah, yeah. Well, again, like you said, I love, I love what you said about, we look for these defining moments and we have these expectations of, of when they'll come or what they'll look like. And for sure, my experience has been the defining moments, similar to the still small voice, um, they usually come when we don't expect it. And for me anyway, they usually come in not very spectacular ways, um, you know, in the, in the mundane, in the pain, in the hard times. And so back when it first was just whispered to my heart, sacred mundane, all I did was I, I took a little tiny black notebook and I wrote those words on the first page. And I thought, well, I'll just write down anything that I find in the scriptures or in books I read or wherever I am that, that teaches me about this. You know, that's how we'll begin. And um, and so then I also began. I was I was leading small you know small women's Bible studies, college girls. You know, just little in my home, ten to twelve girls. And I told them, you know, okay, we're going to learn about the sacred mundane. And so we just started doing little Bible studies together and and talking about this idea of all of life being uh, an offering and. Kind of similar to how when you, you know, when you uh, get pregnant with your first child and you're, all of a sudden you, you notice all the other women who are pregnant, right? So similar, it, was, it seemed like everywhere I looked, I saw evidence of the sacred mundane, the, the holiness mm-hmm. of the ordinary. And um, some of those moments came, one of them was in an old book that my mom had read in college. This is from the... Mm, early 60s, and uh, it was by Hannah Whittall Smith, and it was the Christian secret to a happy life, and one of the sentences in there that she talks about is, it's just a quote from Jesus, where he says in Matthew that uh, the altar makes the gift holy, 
So on its own, the gift is nothing, but when it's on the altar, it's it's holy. And so that also became sort of a um, defining direction for me of the reason that our lives are holy is when they're offered up on the altar uh, as a sacrifice. And so Mm. that became a way for me to see, okay, well, what is it exactly that turns all this ordinary stuff into holy stuff, right? (laughs) I mean, we know that we have the Holy Mm -hmm. Spirit in us. That's part of it. But the other part being when it's truly offered up as for God and not for us, not for our, our ego, our comfort, our, our purposes, but when it's truly offered up to God, then everything becomes holy. So specifically, I, I believe that's how washing the dishes becomes holy, right? When I say, this is part of the life that you've given me, and I'm going to wash these dishes with joy to the glory of God, <laughs> you know? And wow. that's how it becomes holy. And I truly believe, you know, and, I, and, and please hear me, you know, I do this well, sometimes, and terribly at other times, but just, you know, just <laughs> know. like anybody else. <laughs> but, you know, but, but make sure we're doing it. Hey, Cardi, we have another commercial. Oh, yeah. These segments yeah. are flying by. Absolutely. So, I know. Sorry. And talk, talk, we'll talk. be right back. Okay. <laughs> This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. We were thriving in a youth ministry when God clearly called us out of our Bible Belt comfort zone to plant a church in California. Stadia's 90 plus percent success rate gave us all the confidence we needed. They also cared for us through amazing support networks to encourage us like Bloom, a one of a kind ministry for planters wives. It's here I find deep friendships with like-minded gals who want to change lives. Stadia plants churches that intentionally care for children. We won't stop until every child has a church. For more information, go to stadia.cc. Like me, when you've finished dining at a restaurant, you hate waiting and waiting for the check to arrive so you can pay and get on with your day. I admit my rocket, as my kids call it, starts going off, and my husband always wants one more cup of coffee, and I'm ready to go, wiki, wiki, let's go. It's not that I'm tense. I'm just terribly alert. My husband always has a cup of coffee in his hand, so much so he is wearing out the handles of our coffee mugs. But then again, he's not as bad as the French writer Voltaire, who drank 70 cups of coffee a day. I can't drink coffee before going to bed because I get too wadgety. My husband, on the other hand, can drink several cups of joe and go right to sleep. And I'm not talking slum gullion. That's weak coffee. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my new app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended 
the radio show on Toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. We are talking about sacred mundane, how to find freedom, purpose, and joy. And we are chatting with author and blogger, Kari Patterson. Um, She is with us today, and she has such passion to help women find freedom, purpose, and joy in the life that they are living right now. And, Kari, I I stopped you right in the midst of you sharing a great story, so um, continue on with that. (laughs) You're so sweet. Sorry, I'm just getting long-winded, but... Um, just that, just that seeing that everything becomes holy when we offer it as an offering. And so, uh, that became a piece of that. And then over the years, as you know, because you live it and so does everyone else out there, life only becomes more mundane. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. as you get married and you take on those responsibilities. And then as I begin having children, of course, you've got, you know, wiping the, counters and floors and noses and bottoms and all of those things and you do it again and again and again and I began to put more and more pieces to this sort of sacred mundane puzzle and definitely one of them was repetition and how much when we do something over and over and in in the book I talk about Naaman and how he in in 2 Kings 5 when he was being healed he had to dip down into some waters that he despised and he didn't want to dip down into those waters and he had to dip down into them not just once but seven times and how often and maybe even someone listening right now is in the midst of this how often God calls us to do the hard thing the painful thing the humiliating thing and you know we go okay I can do it and we do it and then the next morning we wake up and he says again no, again, do it again. And so often I believe what is, what's challenging to us in the mundane is just how often we have to do the same hard thing over and over and over. And, you know, whether that's a child with special needs or a, a painful marriage or whatever it is, um, I believe, though, that God sanctifies and transforms us often even just through doing that same right thing again and again and again. So I'm sure... With your years of experience, mothering and so forth, you've you've lived that too, as well. Well, that is such a great visual, um, just to picture him having to do that. And, and so many times, like you're saying, yeah. it's about being obedient. Yeah. And we we don't like to be obedient. <laughs> I see it more and more in our culture. And sometimes I wonder. I'm curious. Have we always had that? spirit of defiance or are we creating a more defiant generation Mm -hmm. that uh, just, I I know I, I'm a high school leader as well. And even, you know, going back to baptism, you know, so many times it's that that's just an act of obedience and yet they'll even question that. Well, why do I have to do that? I don't want to do that. (laughs) Even just the simplest task. Yeah. that we're going to defy. It's like, yeah. I, I don't get it. I don't get what the purpose is. And sometimes we don't have to get it. We're just yeah, being absolutely. obedient. Absolutely. Hmm. Yeah, I agree. I, and I, I do wonder that, that same thing. Um, I, you know, I, I don't know. I'm 37 years old. I haven't been around forever. But it does seem that we as a culture are becoming more and more 
do it my way, you know, rules are made to break or (laughs) redefine or however you want. And so I believe it takes humility to walk Mm -hmm. through your ordinary life and submit to God in the the things that no one sees uh, specifically, mm-hmm. you know, the things that no one applauds and isn't giving you the girls for, but the things that you do that you know are right simply because they please God. And I do believe that God mm-hmm. honors that. So. Well, and, and there is a deep, rich blessing that yeah. you, you get from being faithful. And so many times, um, we don't ever get a chance to experience it because we are in a in a subculture of instant gratification. Yeah. And I I've been at the same church now for uh, twenty six, twenty seven mm, years. And love that. <laughs> and and I love it. And that's what I mean. There's this rich blessing, and I see so many times. It's so often. It's very transient at times. It's a, yep. it's a mega church, yep. and you see if someone doesn't have something customized to their needs right. and yep. catered to them exactly that yep. we've we've created this, you know, boutique type church where, oh, I'm going to go over here now yep. because that's going to meet my need and I'm going right. to go over here now because so-and-so said something to me. And we have a tendency to run yeah. into that instant gratification rather yeah. than waiting it out in the mundane. Yeah. And, and I... I'm at fault, too. There have been many times where I've had a critical spirit that I've had to beg God to show up (laughs) to go, okay, I'm not in a happy place. And even kind of, you know, where is the Holy Spirit in my life? You know, I'm really letting the human part take over here, and I'm I'm not focusing on the truth. I'm focusing on my reality and my narrative playing in my head that I know the enemy is having a heyday with. And it's it's just easier to, it seems easier at the time to go, you know, I think I need to check out this other church. Totally, totally. Because this isn't fun right now. And uh, I I think definitely our culture, you know, focuses on be happy, have fun, you you deserve it. And so having to go in a not-so-fun moment. Yep. Then it's it's easy to, and I've heard my kids say it too. I'm going to go to such so and so's church because they have a camp that goes to California and goes kayaking. <laughs> yeah. And you go, and that is definitely what church is all about. We definitely want to have a kayaking experience. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Top priority: preach the word and kayak. <laughs> exactly. So, um, how how does that transformation, like, you know, to go through these emotions, how do we get past some of that? And, and, and I know, you know, we, we always say, you need to pray about it. You need to pray about it. But I, I like what you said in the visual there. He had to dip himself in water he did not want to right. seven times. Yeah. And, and so, yeah. Many, so many times we pray, and then we're like, well, God's not showing up. I don't yeah. see God. But we're not dipping. So right. how do you go through that? Oh, totally. Totally. We have to have our actions as well. So how how did you get to that point in your life? Right. Um, Well, there's, I mean, there's a few, obviously, I mean, the whole book is about that. So there's lots of things. But specifically what comes to mind, and again, uh, going back to that illustration of of dipping down in, the first time that God used that specific passage in 2 Kings 5, 
in my life was going through a season of uh, difficulty. I talk more at length um, in the pages, but a season of difficulty where I felt uh, humiliated and frustrated and embarrassed, and specifically it had to do with parenting. And I remember coming home every Sunday after church and just crying and feeling like, okay, I am a pastor's wife. I'm supposed to have it all together. You know, this was back when I believed those lies. And yeah. mm-hmm. all the pressure and all the eyes on you. And I just felt like, I just can't do this. I Clearly, everyone else has got this parenting thing nailed, and I am failing <laughs> miserably. Mm. And so clearly, I remember sitting on my bed and crying out to the Lord and hearing, again, just in that heart of hearts, these are my waters of sanctification for you. And, you know, in that moment I thought, okay, yeah, I have been praying. I pray that God will make me wise, right? I pray that God will make me godly and Christ-like and mature. And these are all great things that we pray for. And the answer to that prayer was this situation. It was this painful, humiliating, challenging situation. And and I remember crying out to him and saying, no, 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 I want, can't I be sanctified by, you know, just sitting and reading my Bible and drinking my coffee? <laughs> so it's like, okay, well, that's part of it. But then you have to dip down into this experience, you know, and, and saying, can't I be sanctified? I joke about it in the book that we just want, we want to get like a spiritual spray tan. Right? We just want, can't you just spray mm. godliness on me? And, you know, mm-hmm. can't I just have this sort of godly dust sprinkled down on me? And the truth is that, you know, there's no way, there's no way to dip down into those waters without getting wet <laughs> and getting mm. completely humiliated. And, and Naaman had to leave behind all of his silver and his chariots and all of his wealth and all of his notoriety. He had to leave behind all of that to dip down humbly into these dirty, mucky waters. And so over the years, Mm. that has been huge, you know, it's been a huge uh, lesson that the Holy Spirit has returned me to, reminding me that it's, it's this that's right in front of me that he wants me to dip down into. And, and your question was so great is, you know, how do we do that? And I think specifically maybe this, uh, this, visual might be helpful when you think about gears and I I know exactly nothing about cars but I know that <laughs> gears have to be engaged in order for it to move forward right on a bike or with anything and so often I think when we're in a difficult situation um, with with people at home wherever it is our temptation is to escape right it's to pull back it's to escape through, you know, mindlessly scrolling through Facebook or eating or whatever it is. Um, we're, we're tempted to escape the painful situation rather than engaging our gears, which involves conflict, right? It involves, um, uh, you know, metal on metal. It, but then when we engage, that's where we actually move. And so that will clearly be different in every situation. But if we can ask the Lord, how do I engage in this painful relationship or this difficult situation so that you can move me, right? So that you can change me and transform me. And uh, that that visual has helped me think through, okay, am I pulling back and escaping or am I leaning in and engaging in this 
particular situation. So that's mm. been helpful for me over the years. That is awesome. Am I leaning in? And um, <laughs> it, it and it stops that apathy too when you're yeah. when you're truly leaning in and you expect God to show up. Well, with that, it is time for another, our last commercial (laughs) break. And when we come back, we were going to talk a little bit more about how do we lean in and how are we supposed to engage. So stay with us. We'll be right back. This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend It Radio right after these. My husband and I have always wanted to plant a new church. After 10 years, God finally affirmed that in us. We thought we were on our own. We never imagined that there was an organization that could partner with us. That's when we got connected with Stadia. They have incredible systems in place to support our family, including a network designed specifically for me, the spouse of a church planner. We could have never done it without Stadia. Stadia plants churches that intentionally care for children. We won't stop until every child has a church. For more information, go to stadia.cc. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Sometimes we find ourselves at a place that seems impossible to find healthy snacks. It's always best to plan your eating so you can make sure you have the right choices. But sometimes that just doesn't happen. If you find yourself at a concert or sports stadium, eating at a deli is a good decision. You can find lean turkey, whole grain breads, and fresh vegetables. If you are on a road trip and have to find something to snack on at a gas station, look for fresh fruit, string cheese, whole grain cereal, or yogurt. At the movie theater, chocolate-covered raisins are a good pick. Movie popcorn is very high in calories, so if you must indulge, get the smallest size possible. If you find yourself with vending machines only, select nuts or sunflower seeds. No matter where you are, take the time to choose the healthiest snack possible. You'll be glad you did. I'm Annette Hammond. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. We are chatting with author Kari Patterson, and she has a fabulous new book that just came out. It's called Sacred Mundane, How to Find Freedom, Purpose, and Joy. And there's a a few things, Kari, that I, this last segment that I would love for us to um, go through. We were talking about leaning in and and how do we engage, and and many times, you know, listeners, we're driving to work or we're running, you know, kids around, uh, dropping them off at, at school, and we go, yes, in our mind, and then we don't apply it. So just a couple of things going back to uh, the beginning of your book when you're asking them to grab a pencil. And hopefully we're just kind of holding you accountable that you actually wrote down like that, that one sentence. What would it say about your life? 
or maybe it's just the one word. But I would also um, ask our listeners to, to really think about and hopefully write it down, what person has had an impact on you? And many times, I know for me, it was several years ago, probably a decade ago, when um, someone asked me to take a piece of paper, fold it up where you had four quadrants, and that first square, just what person had an impact on you, and write that down. Because so many times God put that person in your life for a reason, and they had an impact on you for a reason, and what were you supposed to learn um, from that? You know, what was that impact? And then in the second quadrant, did you have a defining moment in your life? You know, we, we talked about that Damascus moment, you know, where it's all becomes Paul. You know, do you have, not everyone has a defining moment, but many times we just don't think about it. We don't take that time to really pause and go, what was that defining moment? Was there a time where God was talking to me and I'm just not even looking for it? So if you don't have that to write it down, then start looking for some of those moments in your life. Um, maybe it's just through your quiet time of what, what verse is really coming at you, like what you experienced, Kari. And then on that third quadrant, um, write down then who am I? Bigger than just that life sentence, like, you know, whose am I? What what do I want to do? If, if someone were to, to come up to me and give me five adjectives, like, let's expand on it a little bit more. Like, what what is your brand, basically, um, to, to use the culture's term of if you were going to do a website, what would it say about you? What do you offer people? What are you doing to have an impact on other people? How is Christ using your gifts and your talents? So they're not just going to the wayside. And then in that fourth quadrant, if someone were to look at your checkbook, what would they find? Because I really do, I think that that says a lot about who you are. Would you agree with that, Kari? Like if someone looks at your checkbook, where are you putting your money? Because I I do find that where we're spending our money is where we're spending our time. It's what we value. And, you know, it might be I'm just barely making it. I'm just paying off my, off my, my bills. Uh, or it could be, wow, I'm just barely making it because I spend half of my week at Starbucks. <laughs> you know, right. like, like you said, you know, are you spending your time just, you know, going through Facebook? Are you spending your time just that – you're spending that last quadrant really not being intentional with, with your time, with your finances – so just a, just a little quick brief time to go, this is my self-audit, and makes you stop and think. And maybe you'll, you'll tweak something, even going into this weekend. Uh, how do I want to change who I am, what people say about me, what type of impact um, am I making on, on, the, on the world, and how am I allowing God to use uh, some of my, my gifts? And with that, Kari, what would be one other thing? Because you have, I, I wanted to get into your um, your relay race because I um, also I do the the mini triathlons and the oh, little wow. split ones, and I wish everybody would yeah. would do something like that. I have a very skewed perspective because <laughs> that kind of discipline it changes your perspective. Like yeah. I love that part in your book when you're like, I saw the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> I felt I, so many times when you come around the corner and you're like, I see the end in mind. Yeah, the you know? end. So, 
what would you say on the, on that quadrant or just in that self audit that you would really encourage our listeners to do something to apply this show in their day? Yeah. Well, I think two things come to mind and, and interestingly enough, they're from the very start and the very end of the book. But the first one is, and, and you've said it so well, but really encouraging women to sit down and write out that sentence of their life. And for reference, in, in 2 Kings 5.1 is where it says, Naaman was a mighty man of valor, but he was a leper. And and that showed, really, it's just two clauses. It's It's all of the things that you have going for you, which we all have so much, right? Gifts, talents, relationships, abilities. And then there's the but, right? The but in the sentence of our life. Mm. And for Naaman, it was leprosy. But for us, it's something else. And that can be, you know, a habit, a hang-up. It can be something God wants to overcome in our lives. And I just encourage women, you know, it'll, it'll probably change over time because he changes our life one sentence at a time, but for me, you know, over the years, it has been different things such as, you know, Kari was beloved daughter of God, but she was easily discouraged, or Kari was a talented daughter of God, um, but she lacked courage, or whatever it is, so I just encourage women to encourage you listening to ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you and focus that sentence, and then you know, finishing, talking about the finishing well and, yes, the relay race I ran and coming down that hill and seeing the ocean. And I would also encourage you listening and, and not to be, this isn't alarmist or anything, but just to recognize that, you know, the, the Bible says the days are evil and Jesus is coming back soon. And I just encourage you, don't waste a single day. Um, you know, not every day is going to be exciting, but we never know what day will be our last. And, and I don't mean that morbidly. I just mean mm-hmm. we never know how much more time we have. And I don't think we'll ever regret pouring out all of our heart and soul and energy for Jesus' sake. I don't think we'll ever look back and go, man, I wish that I would have spent more time shopping online. <laughs> you know, and so just encourage you to take all that you can in your heart and energy and pour it out for the sake of others. And I believe that we will not regret that. So that's what I would want to leave women with, I think. Well, that that is such a good tip. And I, I want to end on just, I, I have to ask you, because it's just a, a funny thing. Yeah. Uh, you talk about you and your husband, um, you started doing weird stuff. <laughs> So I just want to end on that. What exactly did you and your husband start doing? Well, I guess I should clarify that, um, we, you know, it's not weird in relation to, like, the scriptures, you know. But um, our journey, some something of our journey was I sort of was going on the same trajectory as, you know, get the house you've always wanted. You know, you have the, the, the two kids and the picket fence and the 401K and the health insurance. And that was sort of, even though we were, you know, my husband was a pastor, I was speaking at women's conferences, but very much I believe the trajectory of our life was pretty much the same as the world's. It just was dressed up in really churchy clothes. Um, mm-hmm. And God began to really destroy us in the best way by giving us a heart uh, for the poor. And so he challenged us to sell our dream home 
and for mm-hmm. for a season to um, give half of our income away. And we moved into this gloriously dumpy <laughs> little rental, and um, mm-hmm. we just started kind of living more upside down. And I'm I'm actually super introverted by personality and he led us to open up our home and live in community and um, over the years we've had some uh, homeless gal live with us and then a gal coming out of prostitution live with us and um, just some things that for me they were outside of my comfort zone and planting Mm -hmm. a church was outside my I mean you just name it it's outside my comfort zone Mm -hmm. so um, the journey has just been to not simply live according to what the world says is normal and conventional, but to ask God, what do you have for us? And if that means giving away half of our income, great. If that means inviting this um, woman who's coming off of drugs to live with us, great. You know, whatever, whatever that means. And so, you know, we're not, I don't know that we're that weird, but it just, he began really changing from sort of the normal American Christian lifestyle to hopefully, Lord willing, living a little bit differently. So it has been Mm. a joy and an adventure, but definitely stretching for me, stretching my faith. So that's a little bit of the weirdness. We're also just kind of weird people, but (laughs) that's a little bit of it. Well, I I like your kind of weird. That's a great testimony, and I'm so glad that you um, shared that with us. And I just want our listeners to be able to, to find you. You are an amazing blogger. So just tell us, uh, we have two minutes before the end of the show. Tell us how, how we can find your blog and also where do we go to get Sacred Mundane. Okay. Yeah, Sacred Mundane is available anywhere. Books are sold. Amazon is probably the easiest place right now. It's actually on sale for eleven fifty nine. at, one second here. Uh, 1159 uh, on Amazon, and um, my blog is just com, and it's called Sacred Mundane, but you can get all kinds of information there. I have some other ebooks there, including one called Faithfully Frugal, because we are just talking about that, uh, which is a fun, yes. they're super cheap, they're like two bucks or something, but um, which is a fun adventure kind of following our story of learning to live weird. So if that appeals to you, <laughs> it's a fun, short little read and it's on there as well. So I would love, and, and questions, comments, you know, contradictions, if you want to argue with me about something, that's fine too. But I love hearing from people. So don't hesitate. There's a contact button there. So don't hesitate to drop me a line. So yeah, it'd awesome. be a joy. Awesome. Okay, Kari, what's one one tip in 20 seconds? Um, I love your tip. Are you getting hung up on the butt? Um, but what would be one more tip that you would leave our listeners? I would just encourage you, no matter where you are today, Thursday, August 3rd, ask God, what do you want to do in my life today? So don't wait for Monday. Don't wait for our church service even. Don't wait for the next big experience. Ask him what he wants to do in your life on Thursday, August 3rd, and then run with Mm. it. And what a great way to end our show. Thank you so much, Kari, for all of your just tips, techniques, tricks, everything that you've given us today, and go have an amazing day. Thanks, Kari. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.
Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriended, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. It's the show.